Well, good morning, Woodland Church. How are we doing? What an awesome time of worship. For those that are new here, I want to echo what uh, Hannah said so wonderfully, and that is welcome home to you. It's a joy to be with you, and for those watching online this morning, thanks for being here. Wherever you are, it's, it's an honor to have you alongside of us. Uh, I have just a quick announcement that I would love to bring to the forefront of our church as we have some exciting news, something we've uh, been working with. Uh, we've been having meetings with city leadership over the past several months. Derek Perry, our city manager, Justin Miller, our parks and rec supervisor here in Marshall. And we uh, uh, have, it has come to our knowledge after meetings with them that they have several projects that the city would like to see done. The problem is they don't have the manpower to have them done. So we stopped the meeting right there and said, you give us the tasks, we'll give you the manpower. We would love as a church to serve our city in any way. Uh, so that's what they did. They gave us a small list of projects that we as a church were calling it our Love Your City initiatives. It's our way of getting outside of the four walls here and bringing our service into our community, serving needs right here in Marshall. We have two dates to be exact, June 11th and June 25th. We have signups right on our baptismal back there. We have three different locations here in the city that we're going to be sending teams of people out to serve. If you can do June 11th and June 25th, awesome. If you can just do one, awesome. We put them on Saturdays so that you can invite your family. It would be awesome if you invited a friend that maybe you've been trying to get to come to church. Maybe they won't come to church, but they'll help you pick up trash. I don't know. Weird trade-off, but maybe it'll, maybe it'll work. So we would love for you to sign up. Jim, we need probably, what, 35 or 40 people? Probably, roughly. We had, we had a good amount sign up after our 9 a.m. We told Derek and Justin, we looked them dead in the eyes, and we said, we're going to have people for you. Don't prove us wrong. Come and serve your city. What an awesome thing. We're going to have another round of these in August. Just an awesome opportunity for us as a church to partner with our city and love on our city. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we begin this morning. Whatever you brought into church today, I'm glad you brought it because I believe God wants to address it. His Holy Spirit's here. Just come, whatever it looks like for you, just for a couple of seconds. Just take a deep breath and pray. Father, first and foremost, we just want to tell you how much we love you. This morning, we believe, as Scripture tells us, that we woke up with new mercies this morning. Although we ourselves may not feel like we deserved it, although we may feel like we've done everything against it, Father, we woke up with a new mercy this morning, a new grace this morning, and you gave us breath in our lungs and brought us here now for a specific reason. We as a church believe in the truth of your word and believe that this truth will speak into our lives. I pray now, God, that you would lay your hand upon me, your servant. I pray that as I say words, that you would preach the message to each person here. Father, your spirit's here. We yield to you. We thank you and we love you for this time. May your word fall forward onto the good soil of our hearts and take root. We want to walk out of here different, Father. We thank you and love you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Jeremiah chapter 18. If you have your Bibles there, turn there. If you have your phones and you have the Bible app, go ahead and turn to Jeremiah chapter 18. I'd like to 
share a message with you this morning that I have entitled The Potter's Wheel. The Potter's Wheel. This is a message that I have probably uh, been chewing on the better part of six to eight months. I've been looking forward to an opportunity to, to bring it to you. I shared <clears throat> a bit of this message with our young adults. We had a young adults gathering here. We had a group of 20-ish uh, young adults that met for eight, eight, eight weeks, awesome time. I shared about 15 minutes of this message with those, with those young individuals, and I'm just excited that I now have the opportunity to bring it to you and, and expand it into uh, a sermon. Really, over the past, I'm, I'm going to bring you into my mind how this sermon came about in my soul. I feel like God's been really writing it in my life over the past two years. Really, I've been chewing on this. I don't know if anybody has a life verse. If you ever just had a verse that is specific to a certain time in your life, uh, be, it, be it a rough season or, or a good season, it just it seemed like this one verse just spoke into you. It's almost like it was written in the Bible just for you, just, just for that time. I remember two years ago, this life verse uh, really, really came to me. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 8. Here, here's what the Word of God says. It says, You, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. I remember some time ago, I read that, and it became such a life verse to me. I was starting new things in my life, and in fact, I'd take that verse and I would bring it into uh, my morning uh, scripture readings and my morning prayers. And I remember I'd sit on our little lazy boy with my cup of coffee, and this is probably a better part of a year. The first things out of my mouth is I would say, my God, my God, your clay is here. Your clay's here. Go to work. I'm clay in the hands of a loving potter. I pray that you would, you'd go to work on me. And that, that, that really... Uh, encapsulated my prayer life for about a year until I was a little disrupted by the chorus of a hymn that was penned in 1926 by a man named Daniel Iverson. You maybe have heard uh, uh, this hymn. Here, here's what the chorus reads. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Break me, melt me, mold me, and fill me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. This one chorus, I believe, has taught me more about prayer than any book I've ever read or any sermon that I've ever heard. This one hymn chorus, I believe, has taught me more about my personal walk with Jesus than any book I've ever read, any sermon I've ever preached, and every, any sermon I've ever heard. The reason it disrupted me, and I'm hoping it does the same for you, is for over a year I've been praying, God, mold me. God, mold me. But then if you look at the hymn chorus, if you could bring it up on the screen for me, Nick, the hymn chorus what does the hymn say that God will do before he will mold you?
I've learned that God doesn't just desire to mold you, my friend. God desires to break you, my friend. And I believe that's one of the most wonderful things that could happen in your life. I don't know if you've ever been in the room with somebody that maybe is praying or talking about their walk with Jesus Christ. I I know myself, I can tell within the first 10 to 15 seconds of hearing an individual pray, that person has been broken by God. I believe when you hear somebody pray that's been broken and then molded by God, it seems like all of heaven hangs within the words they say. I know I've sat in, 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 in times, I remember Neela specific in New York, I remember I almost felt odd sitting in the room as this woman prayed. I felt odd because I felt like I was eavesdropping on a personal conversation between her and God. You could hear this woman has been impressed by the hand of God. I believe God doesn't just desire to mold you. I believe God desires to break you as well. Listen to this quote by Charles Spurgeon. Wonderful quote here. I bear willing witness that I owe more to the fire and the hammer and the file than to anything else in my Lord's workshop. I wonder if anybody else could say that. In other words, I owe more to the difficult seasons of my life, to the breaking of God. I owe more to Him for those seasons than I owe the good times in my life, all of the mountaintops of my life. It's oftentimes on the other side of breaking that we are appreciative to God. Listen to me, my friend. Being broken by God, it's not a flashy thing. This message probably isn't going to go viral, and I'm okay with that. Listen to me very closely. You want to be broken by God. I'm going to say that one more time because that person coughed right when I said it, and I want you to hear it. (laughs) Whoever coughed, sorry. (laughs) You want to be broken by God. The reason I say this is because God needs to break you before he can remake you. Hallelujah. And I believe he desires to do just that. Listen to me now. God will use life to break you, and he will use prayer to remake you. Say that one more time. God will use life to break you, and he will use prayer to remake you. I believe he shows us his desire to do this in Jeremiah chapter 18. And that's why I have you turn there in your scriptures. God oftentimes would use, take a prophet and show him a real life example uh, to, so that the prophet could communicate spiritual truths in, in life. And, and he does this in Jeremiah chapter 18. And I just want to read it to you. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and follow along with me. Jeremiah chapter 18, starting in verse one, here's what the word of God says. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands, so the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Verse 5. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, Can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does? Do me a favor and take out Israel and put in your name. 
Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, Can I not do with you, Devin, as this potter does, declares the Lord? Listen to the echoes of Isaiah 64. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand. Hallelujah. For a little while, before I came to Jeremiah 18 and before I came to this hymn chorus, I have a little visual that I hope brings this idea to life for you. I saw myself as this piece of clay in the hands of God as I sat in my morning chair and doing my prayer and my scripture readings. I saw myself as this piece of clay in the hands of a loving potter, and I believe that potter was going to work on me. But in reality, you and I are like the clay that's in Jeremiah chapter 18. What do I mean by that? Look back at Jeremiah chapter 18. Look at verse 4. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands, so the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. What I realized over time in maturing is that I am not this perfect piece of clay in the hands of God that God can just mold into whatever he desires to mold it into. I am a marred piece of clay and so are you. What do I mean by that? I mean within all of our clay today there are things that God can't mold. In other words there are rocks within our clay. Maybe for some of you it's your pride. Pride is something within the clay that God can't mold. Maybe For some of us, it's our anger. Maybe for some of us, it's our fear. You see, all of us are marred pieces of clay in the hands of a potter. Are you following me? Now, if I were to right now take this piece of clay and try to mold it into what I wanted to mold it into, what would stop me from doing that? Oh, come on. The rocks. It's not a trick question, I promise. I'm not pulling anything out of my sleeve, I promise. If I wanted to mold it into what I desired for it to mold into, I couldn't because the rocks within it would keep me from doing it. You can't mold a rock. Now, here's the wonderful thing about it is this is what all of our clay in reality looks like, marred piece of clay. What's the definition of marred? Here, let me, let me read it to you. Damaged or spoiled to a certain extent made less perfect, less attractive, and less useful. I wonder if I just explained somebody's life. You're this piece of clay. Feel damaged by your past? Feel spoiled by your past? Damaged by your present? You see yourself as less attractive in the eyes of God because of a sin you had in the past, because of a mistake that you made in the past? Maybe you see yourself as less useful to the kingdom of God because of maybe what you're doing in your life or, or you've just, you're just a young Christian in your spiritual walk. Either way, let me preach to you here for a second. 
Jeremiah chapter 18 tells us that, God, that the potter looked upon this marred piece of clay, and guess what he didn't do? He didn't throw it away, and he didn't put it down and ignore it. I hope you know just because you're a marred piece of clay in the hands of God, he's not desiring to throw you away. He's not desiring to get rid of you. He's not desiring to look over you. He's not looking, looking to pick up another piece of clay. He wants to deal with your clay. It doesn't matter how damaged it is. It doesn't matter what the past looks like or how useless you feel like you are. I want you to know God never puts you down and God never throws away throws you away instead what he'll do he'll go to work on you Jeremiah 18 4 said the potter looked upon it and saw that it was damaged it was spoiled it looked useless so what he did is he reshaped it into what seemed best fit to him I hope you know the reshaping that God has on your life isn't always going to feel good my friend Here's what I mean by that context. Here's what this potter would have done with a marred piece of clay like this. He would have taken a large rock, much like this. He would have set his piece of clay down, and he would have just... Are you getting the point? Somebody's like, that glass is going to fall over, and I know it. <laughs> Everybody's holding their breath, like, hit it one more time, Devin, wash, it's going to fall. He would break it. He'd just go to work on it. And he would break it because these parts had to come out. He would break it and just hit it and break it and hit it. You see, let me remind you, God has to break you before he can remake you. There are things within your life that God can't have within your clay in order to start remolding you. I never said it felt good. And I never said it looked good. And I never said it was going to be easy. I said God desires to break you, is what I'm saying. Now, you ask, well, Devin, how do I know if I'm in a breaking season? How do I know if I'm in a season that God's trying to remake me by breaking me? Well, I have two, just two, that I thought of that I thought I could share with us today as a church. Number one, if you're in a season where it feels like all comfort is being stripped away, I believe you're in a breaking season. If you're in a season where you wake up in the morning and you don't know the answer, you don't know what tomorrow looks like, you don't know what next week looks like, you ever had a season where it looks like you're looking through a dense fog and you don't know what's on the other side? You just know you need to keep on walking and that's it, but you don't know if you're going to hit something. I remember seasons of my life where I felt like I was walking on a thin sheet of ice. If I made the wrong step and the wrong decision, I'm going straight through and there's no way I'm coming back up. You just feel uncomfortable. You see, I believe that comfort is the biggest rock within, one of the biggest rocks within our clay that God needs to break within us. Your comfort, God can't mold. So I believe that he will bring situations into your life, people into your life, and decisions into your life that will force you out of your comfort zone. Now listen to me, my friend. I want you to listen to me because that, that, that doesn't feel good, and that's not easy to go through. I want you to hear this. And I'm going to say this, convincing myself of it. It's so hard to say. Being in a season of where it's incredibly uncomfortable one of the greatest blessings a Christian can experience. That just fell on deaf ears. You're like, no, it's not. Oh, yes, it is. 
I believe a season where all of your comfort is being stripped away is one of the best seasons you could ever experience. Where you don't know the answer, you don't know what comes next. God's asking you to do something crazy. And you're like, if I make that decision, I know it's going to be uncomfortable. I know doing that is going to bring me out of my comfort zone. Listen to me, my friend. I believe that God wants to break you of your comfort. He wants to so push you out of your comfort zone. Because here's the thing. When you let go of finding comfort in earthly things, where else do you have to turn? Finding comfort in the loving hands of your potter. God can't mold your comfort. And I believe if you're in a season, a breaking season, where it feels like nothing in your life is comfortable, it feels like you're standing on a teeter-totter, every day it's something different. I believe, my friend, you may be in a breaking season, and my goodness, I would start thanking God, even though you don't feel like it, because I believe God wants to break you so that he can remake you. Number two, maybe you're in a breaking season, and you'll know it, that if you're in a season where it feels like all of your strength is being stripped away, you might be in a breaking season. Where you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, it's just so hard to go through the day. It takes everything in your power just to get out of bed. It takes everything within your power just to go to work. It takes everything in your power just to be a parent. I preached a message two years ago, almost to the day. I preached a message using the line, God would never give you more than you can handle. God would never give you more than you can handle. Guess what I said after that? Fake news. That's what I said. It's false. Number one, life, not God, will give you more than you can handle. 100%. Anybody over the age of 30 should be nodding their head right now. Yep, I've been a parent. Life will hand me more than I can handle. Yep, my kids went off to college. I can, he's going to give me more than I can handle. Anybody that is trying to gear towards retirement or make a big decision or a house purchase should be nodding their head knowing, yep, there will be times when I, don't, I can't handle it under my own strength. Listen to this quote, this wonderful quote. The fire. I've been through a fire that has deepened my desire to know the living God more and more. It hasn't been much fun, but the work that it has done in my life has been worth the hurt. Hallelujah. Listen to me now. You're going through a season of great hurt, great uncomfortability with the lack of strength, I believe there's your testimony in one line. There will be a day where you say it wasn't much fun, but the work that it did in my life, it was worth the hurt. Hallelujah. That's for somebody here. You see, sometimes we need the hard times to bring us to our knees. Otherwise, we do as we please and never heed him. I love how that line brings the two together. You see, sometimes you need the hard times, the uncomfortable times, the times where you can't handle it under your own strength. Sometimes you need those times to bring you to your knees or break you. Otherwise, we do as we please and you never heed him. For he always knows what's best. And it's when we are distressed that we really come to know God as he is. Another reason I believe hard times are one of the greatest blessings is because it may be a great hard time. It's a great blessing because you're going to see a great God in the midst of it. Such an incredible thing in the fire or in the hard times in your life. 
I believe God will break apart your pride. The pride that says you can do this on your own. The pride that says, oh, I can look upon my past accomplishments. That's plenty enough to get me, where, to get me through today. I, God, I believe God will break you of that. In the fire, God will break you apart of your need to control. If you're a person that just needs to control every outcome, I believe in hard times, God will break you of that. What did we talk about last week? What can you control? Your attitude, your effort, and your response to the things and people around you. Everything else is left at Jesus' feet. In the fire, I believe God will break apart your fears. Hallelujah. Two years ago, I struggled with the most fearful things, becoming a father and becoming a pastor. Never did any of them, crippled by fear. And it was one of the biggest fires, hardships of my life. And I can stand over you today as a man that says, I thank God for it because he broke apart that fear that crippled me. I was so fearful of what people thought of me. I was so fearful about making the wrong decision. I was so fearful about being uh, unqualified and unfit for the position. I can tell you right now, I deal with it to a decent amount, but praise God, he's broke me of it. Yet in the fire, this Bible verse will come to your aid. 2 Corinthians 12.10 That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weakness. And insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Hallelujah. God will break you before he can remake you. One of the ways he'll do so is by breaking apart your strength so that you have absolutely nowhere else to turn but to his strength. It's a wonderful thing that God does for us, but I really haven't even gotten to the best part. Really, the best part of the whole thing is summed up in Jeremiah 18.4 that the potter looked upon it, saw it was marred, so he went to work on it. And he started breaking it. And then what, what a potter would do after, now you look upon this rubble of clay, you want to talk about looking useless now? You want to talk about looking damaged now? What a potter would do is they would take this piece of rubble and they'd place it upon a wheel and then here's what they would do. They would begin to pour water upon it to soften the clay so that it can be remade into what God, hallelujah, fall fresh upon me, spirit of the living God. God will use life to break you, but he's going to use prayer to remake you. In times of prayer, this is where God will pour out his Holy Spirit upon you, and this is where the molding begins to take place. I come to you with an urgent message, my friend. It is time to get to the potter's wheel. Listen to me. This is you. You may feel broken. You feel like you're in an uncomfortable time in life. You feel like all your strength is gone. You don't know what comes next, and you've allowed life to break you to the point that now it's time to get to the potter's wheel and say, fall afresh on me, spirit of the living God. Fall afresh on me, break me, melt me, mold me, and fill me. And my friends, I can tell you as a personal testimony, God will pour out his spirit upon you. He will soften you, and then here's what you're going to feel. The hands of a loving potter starting to mold you into the husband that he desired for you to be, into the wife that he desired for you to be, into the boyfriend and girlfriend, into the family member, into the son and into the daughter, the grandparent. God will first break you. 
before he can remake you. Hallelujah. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh upon me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh upon me. Break me, melt me, mold me, and then fill me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh upon me. If you hear nothing else I've said over the last 35 minutes, hear this, my friend. God doesn't just desire to break you. He desires to mold you. It's time to get to the potter's wheel. It's time to get into alone time with God in prayer, on your knees, fasting, get desperate at the wheel of the potter and say, my God, my God, life has broken me and I thank you for it. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't look good. But I believe I'm finally in a position to where you can begin to remake me and you can begin to mold me into the thing you desire for me to be. Get to the potter's wheel, my friend. Will you stand with me as we conclude? What I'll ask for you to do is we spend just a moment in prayers. I'll ask you just to extend your hands in front of you in a posture of receiving. Nick, if we could get the hymn chorus back up on the screen there. I'm going to ask you just out loud to repeat this alongside of me. I believe this is going to become somebody's prayer for the next season of your life. On the count of three, just say it out loud with me. One, two, three. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Break me, melt me, mold me, and fill me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Father, we thank you and we love you. We thank you that you don't just desire to mold us, but you desire to break apart the things within us that are keeping us from becoming all that you have called us to be. Father, all of us in here want to look back and thank you for the hard times, the fire of our life. Many are in here today and they're in the fire of their life, the hardship of their life. My God, would you make it clear what you're trying to break within them? Lord, when the people come to the potter's wheel in their time alone with you, may they sense what they just said, the spirit of the living God being poured out afresh upon them. Mold your children, Father. Mold them under your right hand. We thank you and we love you. We thank you for being a potter that doesn't look upon his clay and throw it away or set it aside and ignore it and look somewhere else. Instead, you put it down and you begin to go to work on us. You never give up on us. We give up on ourselves faster than you give up on, on us, and I thank you for it. Father, we're so grateful to be called your children. Break us, melt us, mold us and fill us. We thank you and we love you. Go with us this week, Lord, as we spend time on the potter's wheel of prayer. May we sense your loving hands go into work. We give you all praise and all glory. In Christ's name, everybody said, amen.